0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Open Forum podcast. Today we have with us Vera Sharav, a survivor of the Holocaust, having been taken to the camps during the 40s as a young child and since becoming a fierce medical activist, having founded the Alliance for Human Research Protection with, but not exclusively, a particular interest in patient consent and children, such as uh, working to bring to light the experimentation on foster children with regards to AIDS, drugs and vaccination development as well as forcing drug regulators to disclose suicide risks of antidepressants after her own harrowing experience with that, something which we may touch on later on in the episode. And much, much more. Next to that, Vera is, uh, has written a plethora of peer-reviewed articles. And um, yeah, Vera, look, that's enough from me. Uh, the audience is here for you. Welcome. Thanks for being here. And maybe you can take two to three minutes to introduce yourself and then we're going to dive on in and uh, yeah, go from there.
1: Thank you very, very much for inviting me. Uh, this is the second time in the Netherlands <laughs> try to touch base all over because this we're in a situation that's a global situation and it affects every one of us and uh, different countries, different citizens respond a little bit differently in part because communication uh, is blocked and on all the major fronts and people really need to click a few more clicks on the internet and they can get to credible information. And that really behooves everyone to do just that and to free themselves away from the mainstream media because the mainstream media is completely captured. They are paid emissaries of both the pharmaceutical companies and government, and they are lying. Absolutely. Everything that we've been told with COVID has been a lie. Nothing has been done or demanded of us to protect any of us at all. It never was about health.
0: No, absolutely not. And I think the more things go on, the more data is coming to light that even the mainstream media is finding it difficult to suppress as we spoke about on the phone a few weeks ago you've got Dr. Asim Malhotra who has a couple of peer-reviewed uh, articles now discussing the incidences in cardiac events and whatnot but before we touch on to COVID what I want to do to give people an idea as to who you are is maybe you can tell us a little bit of uh, your background and uh how it is that you came into the sphere of medical activism ac- activism uh through um your own trials and tribulations as a child and and the things you went through there.
1: Well, I was a little girl. I was three and a half years old when my family and I were uh evicted from our home in Romania. And we were deported uh, across a river. We did not go by train, but rather by rickety boat to Ukraine. We were herded into a concentration camp, labor camp in Ukraine. Uh, My father died there when I was about five. And I, I remained there with my mother for three years. I was there from 1941 to 1944. Uh, The camp was not regimented the way some of the concentration camps were. Uh, We were left with essentially to die of starvation and infectious disease and the cold. I witnessed uh, a lot of things and I learned a lot of things about people because uh, people really, adults don't realize how much children absorb, uh, especially uh, in times of duress and stress. When adults try to maintain co- some sort of secrecy from children, it doesn't work. I can tell you, children, children get it. <laughs> mm. They really, they really read people's affect very well. And that, later on, helped me a great deal. Now, after my father died, you have to understand, I was then terrified about losing my mother as well. Uh, As I said, this was starvation. So I know all about starvation. The the big deal was if you could get some potato peels. Not potatoes, but just the peels. You know, the problem was that we were always, there was always the cloud of fear of being put on a list. Periodically lists would be issued. And if your name was on it, you'd be sent either to a death camp or for some slave labor project. Mm. And uh, so many people just disappeared. Additionally, there was some sort of a an orphanage there. And every so often, they would take the children out just for a walk. But it was terrifying. These were skeletons, absolute skeletons. And whenever I saw them, I ran and hid because I was always afraid that I would wind up there. Hmm. I have no idea other than that they were starved. What else went on there? So I just don't know. Um, People didn't talk about it. I was rescued when my mother got wind that there was to be a rescue of some orphans. I wasn't an orphan, technically, so she lied. She lied, put me on the list as an orphan to save my life. Um, I left the camp on uh, one of the cattle car trains that continued to ship Jews to the death camps, continued throughout till 45. And then for about 10 months, I was essentially a child in transit. The ultimate destination was Palestine. This was before the state of Israel was established, but it took 10 months uh, until we departed for uh, Palestine. And during that time, I had to select, select adults who I thought would be kind and would help me because I knew I couldn't take care of myself. Uh, And I didn't like to be around a lot of children. They were bullies. They, you know, they were bigger than me. I was very little. I didn't grow in the camp. I left in the same coat that I came in three years earlier. Jeez. Uh, but I did find kind people, uh, one family, for example, a Romanian Christian family, took me into their home and uh, nursed me back to health. I was sick. I was there for about three months um, and it was around Easter time and they let me play with the Easter eggs, which are very different in East Europe. they're very different from West Europe in Western Europe they're um Light colored, with bejeweled and all that. Now they're they're black, and they with red crosses, just like their embroidery, mm. just like their blouses of embroidery. The eggs are the same way. Ah, uh, anyway, that was uh, one of the problems. The sadness later on was that, of course, I never had contact anymore with any of the different families that helped me. That's how things are, you know? Everyone is scattered. You don't know even their names, location. And that's that's sad, because I always wanted to express my gratitude for having survived alone. Um, But that was not to be. Um, I got to Israel, and there, again, I I suppose one of the most dramatic incidents in my life was en route to the harbor city, where we would take the boats uh, en route to Palestine, but first to uh, Istanbul, to Turkey, across the Black Sea. Uh, En route, I befriended a family on the train. And when we got to Constanza, there were three small boats waiting to take us. And they began to read off the list to, we had been pre-assigned to one of the three boats. I was supposed to go on the boat with all the orphan children. But I refused. I absolutely refused, no matter what. They tried everything. They couldn't persuade me, couldn't threaten me, couldn't do it. I was not getting on that boat. I only wanted to go with the family that I had befriended on the train. And I wound up all alone. Um, Everybody had boarded the way they were assigned. And I refused. Um, Miraculously, they gave in to me. And the first night out at sea, I was asleep, finally, because I had been very seasick. I always get seasick. So I fell asleep, and I didn't witness what happened next, which was at night, a uh, submarine torpedoed the boat with all the children. There were no children who survived. I learned about it the next morning. And I didn't say a word. I never said a word at all about it, but I thought to myself, I was right. I was right to disobey.
0: What was it about that that gave you the feeling to disobey? Because for me, this is something that um, I don't know you other than everything that I've listened to and read, but it feels like it's something that's really shaped part of you as a person and your character as someone who can sort of differentiate between those who are more in earnest of what they say and those who are more deceitful in in what they're saying or doing. So what was it about that event that that gave you the sensation not to give in?
1: You know, this is not something that I can be conscious of. What I would say, though, particularly today, what we're faced with People must stop obeying. Their obedience is what empowers the evildoers. And they are evil. They mean to change our entire civilization, to eliminate Western civilization as we know it, and to change the very essence of human beings. They are serious. They intend to transform us into transhuman Part, part, uh, widgets Machine, and part, yeah. this is this is real. I didn't believe it either until I started to read their own.
0: They've got written. it written in books.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They have total contempt for us because they can see that a lot of people won't believe their seeing eyes, and they count on it. And we really need to have people wake up and recognize where their uh, danger lies, because this is there will be no turning back. If people give in and they insert digital IDs into our bodies, which they can do with the injections. This is one of the things about injections. No doctor who gives you an injection of this COVID concoction knows what's in it. They don't have a, they have not disclosed the contents. Why would you then allow them to put one after another after another an experimental injection into your body? This is something people need to begin to. To, re- to realize that they are giving up total control over their lives.
0: Uh, the, it, it, giving up the sovereignty over their own bodies. Uh, if anyone wants to look deeper into the idea of a id or something being put into someone's body you don't have to look any further than sweden i think about a year ago maybe a year and a half ago people in sweden were putting chips into their hands so that they wouldn't have to show their passes so if anyone is listening to that and thinking "Mm, that seems a little bit far off in the clouds it's something that's already been done and it's something that you see across the World Economic Forum briefings that they put out in their white papers, in their books that they've written by Klaus Schwab and um, Harari. I uh, forget the fellows. Yuval uh,
1: Noah yes. Harari.
0: Yes, Yuval Harari. It's, it's things that they've written in their books and things that they say that they want to do. This transhumanist idea of merging man with machine into what they want is something that has been spoken about at length at length for years now yeah. um but I, as we you've brought us to the present day there was a lot that happened in the last 3 years and you say that people should essentially rebel not obey and and ask questions Were there any parallels in what you saw of what was happening in the last three years in what you saw of people in the 1930s?
1: Well, uh, you know, what happened in the 1930s is when Hitler took over, gained control over Germany, he suspended all constitutional rights, everything, and declared a state of emergency. And it then took years. See, people, when they think Holocaust, they think gas chambers. Well, that didn't happen right away. It didn't just come from the sky. It was, everything was done in phases, in slow phases. There were protocols. Uh, And part of the reason of the phases was to test whether there would be some objections.
0: Compliance of the masses.
1: When and it was also at a certain point in 1938. In 1938, there was a conference of some 32 countries in Avion, France. And it was about the Jewish question. Uh, insofar as refugees. And all 32 countries decided that they could not take in any Jewish refugees. When that happened, Hitler accelerated and began massively deporting. Uh, So the silence and the Heartlessness of the world, that included the United States, and included all of them, is what facilitated Hitler to go to the final stage. Hmm. Before that, he slowly eroded all rights uh, of Jews, he stripped the Jews of their citizenship. Uh, Took away their assets, removed them from professional uh, positions. Yeah. The first were really uh, the universities. Jewish professors were kicked out. That, that was the first thing. And doctors kicked out too. And then children weren't allowed to go to school anymore with uh, uh, Aryan children. And so it went step by step by step. And all along, uh, there was almost no resistance. Throughout, there was, for a little while, there was one small group of university students. They were called the White Rose. All they did was distribute leaflets, reminding Germans that there's something very wrong. This is wrong to take away your freedom, your right over your own lives and so forth. And unfortunately, um, after the last time that they distributed, they had some extras and Sophie Scholl and her brother Hans, they were the I think they formed the White Rose. She threw away the rest of the leaflets And the, um, whatever he was there, caretaker of the building or whatever, the superintendent, he saw it and he took them straight to the Gestapo. And both Sophie and Hans Scholl were beheaded in a guillotine. So that's how the Nazis um, took care of things, but Overall, what the Nazis did, the minute Hitler took over, was to instill a state of fear and panic with constant propaganda through the radio. At that time, they didn't have uh, television and uh, Internet. So it was radio primarily and, you know, the newspaper, everything. Of course, censorship was total. There we have it now we have a situation where the entire mainstream media and social media are controlled by government and the corporations that are their partners. They are in partnership. Let's not make any mistake. We don't have real government representing the people. The government now are in partnership with the very large corporations. And pharmaceuticals and the digital Technology companies are the most important in this for enslaving people, mm. for, for gaining control over our movement. And they want a single currency. Yeah. They want to create, they want to eliminate all states, no sovereignty, one government, one world government, one world currency. The easier to control it, then yeah. you don't have to deal with numerous factions that's the plan and the plan is very very diabolical and it it entails gaining control seven days a week 24 hours a day remotely you won't even know who is controlling you you won't have anyone to complain to they'll be it's all up there in the cloud Hmm. but they can and they they intend to, first of all, depopulate most of the human population and the rest is to enslave them and create these transhumanism. It is uh, the only way to prevent it from actually coming to fruition is to disobey, is to organize and disobey. Without obedience, they have no control. This is something that people need to understand. Without people's acquiescence and obedience, they have no control.
0: Well, I want to, I want to come to that. Without people's obedience, this is something that I was speaking to uh, a few friends, a few friends of mine. I've been speaking to recently who have been asking the question of Sunny. You make it all sound so bleak. Like we don't really have much of an option, do we? So I want to come back to that. But again. To reiterate, for anyone that thinks this sounds fanciful, when it comes to the One World government, you can check again with both Klaus Schwab and the now King Charles at the COP26, whereby he stated that in order to combat things like climate change or other stuff, they need to have something that supersedes the sovereignty of individual nations and someone that goes over the top of that klaus schwab has often said what we need to have is a one world government whereby they're not elected individuals they're individuals who treat it like a corporatocracy like a, a business and then we need to go about it that way every nation now their central banks are working on a central bank digital currency that will be rolled into one so it becomes universal and that's also a very dangerous thing if it was to come to fruition so there's all these different elements that if someone was to i think for half a second it doesn't sound quite right everything here you can find in again in papers in documentation in speeches that have been given time and time and time again even to the fact of depopulation
1: the former prime minister of
0: the uk uh boris johnson has written articles, I believe it was for The Telegraph, back in 2002, maybe 2004, where he says, we seriously need to start talking about the population and population control. And it's something that, it's a Malthusian uh, ideology that's been taken whereby it's thought that humans are a plague on the planet, Uh, Prince, edward said before he died that he would like to come back as a virus as a plague on humanity there's a book i think if i were an animal is what it's called and he wrote the foreword in it so if anyone again wants to check that by all means feel free it's it's all there it's all written and i'll put it in the video so that you can see it and links in the description and whatnot but what you're saying about disobedience and not going with the flow So I was someone who didn't go with the flow. And in the last couple of years, that has been to my personal detriment, not that I'm complaining by any means, but it was very difficult. And I had many, many people who would come to me and be on social media or when I'd see people in person, they'd say, how are you managing? Because soon you won't be able to travel. How are you managing? Because you might not be able to work. And unfortunately, it's one of those things that I thought to myself, if I don't do it, i have a a 10 month old child he's going to have to deal with those consequences but it's very difficult to get people en masse to stand up like that and to say hey listen enough's enough because what the government had in my opinion is enough people who went with the flow so that they could other everyone else and everyone else who was standing against the wave shall we say and there weren't quote-unquote, enough people to stand against it in order to make enough of a fight in the beginning. It took a little while, but eventually that came. So what can we do? How can we fight back against this? Because we don't have guns here. We don't have any way to stand up against those in charge. And even in the US where you are now, Joe Biden has said time and time again, I want to take your guns away.
1: Well, he won't do it. He won't be able to, but um, okay, what people need to understand is that it's a very false premise that they will be left alone to and will be able to continue to live the way they would like to travel and do all that. It's a very temporary because they won't. Uh, now, the question then becomes, do you for a few months and maybe a year give up your life? Because that's the that's what's really the barter. It's not one year of this against one year of that. No. You can extend your time by being an obedient serf until you are no longer. What will you do when they want to give you your 20th injection? They're planning now every few months to keep going. How many of those will you agree to? How many, how long will you gamble with your body and with your children's bodies? That's what you're doing. It's a gamble you're taking, but you don't realize they have a stacked deck. They know what their end game is. And you don't believe that that could be possible because it's so evil. One of the main problems, and it was then too, people including the Jews did not believe that Hitler meant what he said. They did not believe that there would be genocide until it was too late, until it was too late. Another fact that I learned is, you know, all those trains that went to Auschwitz and Treblinka and and the other camps, there were always a few individuals who somehow or other jumped jumped out a moving train, very dangerous, but guess what? Many of them survived. They ran into the forests, they hooked up with partisans, and they survived. Those who went like sheep to the tr- on the train, time. they didn't. So, what can I say? I mean, this is one of the things that they did, and this is being done now, except that we have this hiatus right now. It's some of the um, some of the instructions have been lifted, right? All the restrictions, yeah. um, masks, and all that. But they can always, like that, put it back in force.
0: I think it's. Um, I forget what state. It's in Canada where one of the health ministers for one of the uh, provinces is saying, listen, guys, if we don't bring it back under control, we're going to have the masks back. Despite the fact that this has all been proven not to work on multiple occasions in Germany, they're talking about doing the same thing. Sorry to cut you off.
1: No, no. But that's exactly the point. When you are dependent on these authorities to run your life, you are dependent. They won't let you go. Hmm. They will never let you go. The only way you can be free is to free yourself. And look, I mean, we have been given, you know, this is a God-given right to make free choices. By obeying, you are choosing to obey. You are not a bystander. When you obey tyrants, and they are tyrants, they just aren't wearing the uniforms. That's You see, that's the least of it, right? What difference does it make?
0: No, absolutely. Uh,
1: Now, one of the elements about taking control, for example, of your finances, being able to impound them, we saw that. That's what Trudeau did to the truckers. They misbehaved, right? They they rolled for freedom yeah. and they had thousands of Canadians on their side. That was their crime. They impounded yeah. their bank accounts. This is what they are aiming to have control over everybody's bank accounts. Yeah. In China, yeah. if you want to know what the dystopian world, at least phase one or two, whatever it is, look at China. If, if you haven't seen, there's a clip showing where they are lined up to show their papers. Whatever pass they have to have to get on a bus. They're on their knees. I haven't They're seen on their eyes. knees. Yeah. Yeah. It's horrifying. Exactly. In all these um, you know, supposedly suits to the uh, the kind of the hazmat anti- suit. Yeah, you know, it's it's absurd. Yeah. On their knees, on their knees. You need to understand that's that's the laboratory for this. Yeah. Just as Israel <laughs> as Burla said. Pfizer CEO said, "Israel is the world's laboratory for testing the experimental COVID injections. Well, China is the experimental uh, laboratory for the social control yeah.
0: compliance.
1: And uh, you know, I mean, this is this this is what the result is if you give up your God-given freedom." and what we need to really grasp is that these these monsters and they are monsters they're absolutely they embody what evil is in the 22nd century uh using technology they don't have to get their hands wet they don't need to use bayonets they don't need to do all that kind of stuff no 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 they've got the companies who can give them the ammunition which is technological everything is technological they don't need other methods to control
0: Right, and there's two things there um I want to touch on the first is this whole idea of a health pass and showing your papers was one of the first steps of how things started back in the 1930s. And it's one of the most mind blowing things that I saw, as you mentioned, I in the Netherlands in Amsterdam was during all of this craziness in the last couple of years, walking past the Anne Frank house and seeing people showing papers to enter there and people not acknowledging what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. in showing papers to enter that house what cycle that they're perpetuating and what horrid thing that that young girl was hiding from but coming up to uh, or coming back to what you were saying about governments have control over the social media companies is that i don't think people realize Um, just what communication there is between social media companies and government. As we've now seen with Alex Berenson, he's proven in court that Twitter and the government were working hand in hand in censorship and censorship of particular people. Another thing is that government have their sticky little fingers in every pie. They fund a lot of these social media companies. You can look at Facebook, you can look at Twitter, you can look at whatever big social media company and they're CIA funding or seeding at one of these points with Amazon as well. Then if you look at the technologies that these companies have, if we look at Amazon with Alexa, something that's been admitted also of constantly listening to people, of data is being collected by a private company and governments don't have to have a warrant to access that because it's from said private company and they just have a deal with them as an external party. And the fact of the matter is is If we were to share something now, the social media companies have the ability to make sure that any sharing that we do is blocked or silenced or heavily reduced in the impact that it has. I shared a post that would normally get a few hundred, if not more people looking at it, and all of a sudden, 20 people. And oh, okay, so this stepped on the wrong toes. And it's very easy for the social media companies to hide that. So again, we come to what is it that we can do to help get out of this and help to get people to wake up to the tyranny that's occurring around them? You mentioned Justin Trudeau, who has openly said he likes the way that Xi Jinping does things. He likes that CCP way of having control and turning things on a dime. And he was
1: Anthony Fauci said the same thing in, at the beginning. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, yes. No, they you know, some things are secret in plain sight, and some things, uh, documents are obtained at least uh, through court orders. In the United States, we've certainly gotten a lot of documents that way. And to our heart you know, those. Who suspected what was really happening following the injections were proven right. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we are seeing the uh, spike in serious illness and deaths in those who got the shots. Yeah, this is whereas <laughs> we were threatened with oh, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. No, 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 it's the exact opposite. It's a pandemic now of the so-called vaccinated because those aren't vaccines. Hmm. They don't meet the definition of a vaccine. They don't prevent infection. They don't prevent spread. And they don't give immunity from new infection. In fact, we're finding now that those who have gotten several of the shots are more, more open to get the, infections. New, the new variant hmm. to be infected. So, again, as I said early on, everything that we were told about this so-called pandemic was a lie. Initially, the scare tactic was how many millions were going to die from the uh, infection. That was a lie. Millions didn't die from the infection. You know what they died of? It began in March and April of 2020. They slaughtered nursing home residents, the elderly. This was a concerted, premeditated murderous, medical murders effort in Western European countries, Australia, Canada, and at least five states in the United States, where governors gave the order to hospitals not to treat the elderly. In my state of New York, at that time, Governor Andrew Cuomo, before he gave the order, he predicted that this virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. This was premeditated murder. He knew what he was doing. And he even before he issued the order, he gave immunity from liability to hospitals and nursing homes so the murder would be without anybody's consequence yeah this is this is mass he's a mass murderer more than 15000 elderly new yorkers were murdered based on that order and the same was going on in all the And remember, we're talking Western European countries, the most prosperous. What they were doing was parallel to what Hitler did in Germany. There it was called T4. It was medical murder, it began, it began with the murder of German infants and young children under the age of three. Their crime was they weren't perfect Aryans, they were disabled in some way. The parents were told that the children would be taken for special treatment to improve their health. They were medically murdered and then the parents were given death certificates signed by medical doctors informing them that their child died of natural causes. That, uh, That murderous project expanded to children of all ages. And then it was to clear out the mental asylum. So the mentally ill were murdered and then the nursing homes Now, when they went, during this time under T4, they transformed six hospitals into murderous killing stations, and they tested various methods of medical murder, including the Zyklon B gas, which they later used in the gas chambers. Some children were first starved, to death, so that doctors could record how long a child could survive without nourishment. Sadism is very much part of the insanity, and it's happening now. What's happening in hospitals, the protocols right now still in force in hospitals, include essentially sadism. Now, In the United States, hospitals that designate the deaths by COVID get thousands and thousands of dollars, rewards. So, of course, they're incentivized to put down COVID. The other thing is any patient that they put on ventilators, again, they get thousands of dollars. And we're talking a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Trillions of dollars have been Shelled out to hospitals to murder. So if those things don't wake people up, I really don't know what. I mean, it'll be your own. I. The point is not to get to where it'll just be totally rampant. But it is happening. I am. I'm working with a father. Uh of a down syndrome daughter she was 19 and she was medically murdered in the hospital in the united states and he's got all the documentation to prove it and yeah there was sadism there and there's criminality uh the question is will he prevail in the court of law but he has the documentation and most people don't get it so what was uh,
0: it that happened? What was in the documentation?
1: Well, they everything they did was a, a murderous procedure. They they gave her med- medicines which are contraindicated to give together. Both of them. They got three different ones. She had uh, in some of them they say no more than twenty four hours. Well, they you know they did this cocktail and then they strapped her up and put a feeding tube into her and then they ventilated her and they put a illegally a do not resuscitate order on her chart so they wouldn't do anything. It took them a few days to murder her.
0: And um, if I'm thinking of the correct story, the father wasn't aware of the DNR that the hospital had put on, right?
1: When he became aware When his other daughter, who he was, after three days when she was hospitalized, armed guards took the father out of her room. They didn't want, because he was asking too many questions. Insane. And when the other daughter came back from taking a shower and she saw the do not resuscitate, she called her father, and the father and mother are screaming on the Cell phone, save our daughter, save our daughter, and they did what they so did. So all of them, the doctors, the the nurses, ICU, everything. Yeah, they changed the designation of her room into intensive care, which again is more money. Everything, you know, from the hospital perspective, it's it's a way, it's a cash flow, it's a huge cash flow.
0: This is one of the big things that really um gets me about medical practice today that it seems more and more hospitals are in the care of business people in order to reach financial targets rather than letting doctors doctor and letting healthcare workers heal or work towards healing but this is one of the wider things that is happening within the pharma. Sorry, you want to say something? No,
1: go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I will.
0: Yeah, it, it it seems to be a symptom only of one of the wider things that's happening within the pharmaceutical industry, whereby a cured patient doesn't make them any money, but an ill person makes a hell of a lot of money.
1: The one to blame are the doctors. The doctors had a choice to obey and go along or not to go. If doctors would have walked out of the hospitals, end of story, but they didn't. Some did. You see that in that there's a difference between Nazi Germany now because now there are thousands of doctors all over the world who have you know, you in a sense, thrown away their profession
0: yep. because they're
1: de-licensed. I but, but they are maintaining the integrity of the medical profession, which is sworn to do no harm to the individual. And all those doctors who are following the orders that government dictates to them are complicit, and in a Nuremberg tribunal, they will one day be tried, and they will be found guilty. Because they are collaborators. Without them, this travesty would not happen. That's what happened in Nazi Germany. The medical profession was the most imbued with eugenics. And eugenics is what infuses the medical profession today, particularly public health. In public health, they see themselves as treating for the greater good. Who says, who decides what's the greater good? I say the greater good is each individual is treated properly in accordance with ethical standards makes the greater good as well you can't have greater good by sacrificing some people that you decide are worthless eaters
0: but that for me raises a couple points one is that doctors now are too much uh, protocol based and and there's almost a centralization of uh medicine whereby you follow a protocol and that's what you do and that's it there's less of looking at the individual and treating them as an individual
1: exactly but what that means and if i were a doctor i would have been insulted i have professional judgment why did i go to medical school mm. But you see, they're actually conditioned, they're trained in medical school to look up to authority, to look yeah. up to the senior doctor. Yeah. And not and and they the most doctors today are not reading the scientific literature. No. They don't have a clue. They're taking their orders from their government agencies, the public health agencies. They do not read themselves. They don't look at the actual outcomes of clinical trials and the writings of those doctors who are doing research. They don't read it. They don't bother. They're too busy with all kinds of, uh, they have to put everything on the digital record. And half the time the computer, you know, breaks down. And in the meantime, no, the patient could be dying right in front of you in the ICU. They couldn't do anything until they first get their okay, the initials okay, on the computer. Yeah. The whole thing is perverse, and this has taken, you know, it's taken years to bring it to this point. This didn't happen overnight. And under Nazis, the same thing. It came orders came from central, and then you just carried out. And you don't think. You're not supposed to think.
0: No, you're just meant to follow orders. And this is i i'm fortunate enough to know many many doctors and i've had multiple conversations discussions debates however someone wants to put it and that was one of the big things that came across to me that the vast majority were waiting for something to come down from on high literally someone said to me yeah but sunny you're not a doctor so what do you know um I was quoting research and saying, look, you can look at this trial or this trial or this trial. There's multiple things that you can actually do to help someone, not vent them straight away. And this is something that we now, everybody knows. But early on, this was something that was coming out from the Pierre Corys of the world. And mm-hmm. he said to me, yeah, but you know, I, I don't have to read it because I'll get a notification from the Royal College of Medicine in the UK there
1: you
0: go. to... To say, listen, this is something that we see that works and blah, 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 blah.
1: They don't want, they don't, <laughs> look, the whole point was nothing should work because if there are several things here. Number one, it's yes, to get them absolutely like an army, you yeah. just do, just don't
0: marching think. in lockstep. Yeah.
1: That's right. And the other thing is, you could not, they could not have launched the injectables if there were treatments available that's part of a emergency authorization is only possible this is law in the united states only possible if there's no alternative available if you have medicines which we do that can treat and you know put the whole thing to bed then they can't market those yeah. injections and they were willing to do Anything and everything. Slaughter people left and right.
0: Let people go to the slaughter. And that's yeah. what
1: they did. Yeah. And since then, now, I mean, the fact that you've got adolescents getting heart attacks, I mean, come on. that—that that was That's abnormal. They weren't born with any defect. To take a healthy child and give them a lifelong disability that will shorten their lives by a lot. What kind of a society is that? Is that the greater good? That's the greater good in their in their um, standards. Imagine.
0: Who... We've made mention of it a few times already but who is this they this them that you're referring to
1: well they're becoming more and more some are always behind the curtain but number one you can start with looking at who are at the world economic forum and who is at Bilderberg there are a lot of these elite societies uh they're made up of the global billionaires And the financial houses, the central bankers, they've always been pulling the world's strings. Mm -hmm. Wars don't happen because people don't like each other. People don't like each other because they're being incentivized. There's a lot of money, wealth to be gotten in every war. And that's what causes it. So those who have big stakes, financial stakes, are the ones who unleash wars for what this excuse or another. It was never, never really about people in one group in one country hating the other one so much. That's all fermented and we see how it's fermented now. We see how, for example, Russian people, wherever they are, they're citizens in Germany and England, wherever, suddenly they are the enemy. Why? Because Putin is now the new Hitler, and Ukraine, where they really are Nazis, oh. a whole segment has continued uninterrupted. They're Nazis.
0: The Azov battalion. Yeah. Yeah. They've even got the the the
1: media, the the whole thing, yeah. yeah, they've never changed, right, And the salute and the whole bit, but people the media has been fermenting, hate the Russians, hate the Russians, hate the this is what propaganda can do, and this is how you ferment uh you know war, as with there uh,
0: now on the the russia topic
1: Mm.
0: as you say it's a way to foment people's hatred it's a way for people to make money yep it's
1: a lot of money
0: but there's also a lot of lives being lost there's also a lot of land being ruined and also the fallout from this whether or Mm. not there's going to be nuclear fallout we'll, we'll see but the fallout from this in terms of energy in multiple countries here in the netherlands in the uk they're talking Sorry. about having blackouts uh, for three hours a day in january february germany has spoken about having warming tents because they can't afford to heat the place and they've been shutting down their nuclear energy all of this fallout surely the the Shut leaders up. of these individual nations uk germany whatever else it might be should see or could see some sense in letting this continue the way it is, isn't helping our people. And if it doesn't help our people, people are going to start getting upset. Why Why are they letting this continue if it's going to potentially lead to their downfall? Or will it? Or won't it?
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. Look, the the today the heads of state of probably most of the European countries and certainly the United States, Canada, these are puppets. These do not represent us None of these leaders represent the interests of the people that they're supposed to represent. They're taking orders. And the idea that Russia would blow up a pipeline, which is a huge potential money bringer for them. I mean, that's insanity. Hmm. And yet that's that was the storyline. Obviously, it's not Russia that blew it up. They've been working on this together with Germany for a long time, but now the order is that they want to, they want to bring Western civilization to its knees. They want to starve people. Starvation has been a tool of war since way back. Stalin did that actually to the Ukrainians, some 20 million small farmers were starved to death. Mm. They were the breadbasket. So Russia took away the harvest and closed up all the borders so they couldn't escape. They starved, the very farmers who produced the produce. So this has been done. Starvation is a tool of war. And remember, they want to depopulate so. That's certainly one way to do it. Um, it is as diabolical as I'm describing, only much more so in much greater detail. But yes, there are those who are pulling the strings on these puppets. They've got a big plants, and some of them, as, as you pointed out, are right laid out. When one knows what you know, event two hundred one, and then uh, twenty thirty is supposed to be a big deal. Only now they're trying to make it even closer, twenty twenty three. All those are pre-planned for you know a couple of decades, and it is amazing the degree of specificity that we then saw come to fruition. How is it that Anthony Fauci in two thousand seventeen? predicted absolutely, he said, we know, absolutely, in Trump's first term in office, there will be a pandemic. Yeah. He said, how did he know?
0: Well, if you... And yet
1: nobody called him on it then. Well, some of us did, but, but most, the media certainly didn't. Shouldn't they have? Hey, Dr. Fauci, you predicted just that. How did you know?
0: Media only dealt with him with kid gloves. I mean, there's also the Pentagon document that was leaked, whereby um Peter Dazak's company, EcoHealth Alliance, and Anthony Fauci petitioned yep. to have a virus released that has some similar markings to COVID-19 in 2017, and the Pentagon denied the request because they said, eh, "We probably won't have enough control over this virus if it's released." But the whole point of it was. Apparently, to destabilize china, um and then, as you say, lo and behold, there's this virus that's released within Trump's first term, yep, um you know well,
1: they wanted to destroy him. all right, I mean, look, the fact is that we haven't had anyone who even remotely um, meets the requirements of a world leader, true Just haven't. True. None of them, they all have been totally Tanks opposite of what we need, yeah. Mm-hmm. But really, really, no, bad character, bad everything. And uh, so there we are. People, people need to understand that their own intelligence, their own experience, their own intuition, their own feelings matter, and they can use them to make decisions as adults. They have that responsibility and they're not meeting it by deferring those to whom they defer those life changing, you know, um, decisions will not be held accountable when your child is harmed. Nothing. You can prevent that from happening. They won't.
0: Well, this is what you mentioned before we kicked off as well. The fact that they're trying to get Comirnaty, which still doesn't have, as you mentioned before we started, still doesn't have its ingredients list fully fleshed out yet. They want to get that on the childhood vaccine schedule in the US. Um, Why is that potentially such a deadly thing?
1: Because then their immunity is permanent. You see, their immunity from liability right now is only while it's a... Uh,
0: Pandemic. Yeah, emergency.
1: Yeah, it's an emergency. Once yeah. it's not an emergency, they can't. They won't market it. They just won't because they don't want to be liable. Getting it on the childhood, that's a sneaky thing that has happened, that whole childhood, uh, the, the act, 1986 uh, vaccine... Uh, act was really a bait and switch. The parents, what what's happening? What was happening at that time was that there were many many lawsuits because so many children were being harmed. And when it got to juries, the juries un- recognized that the vaccines were causing it, so they insisted on getting immunity. Otherwise, they were going to change business. Hmm. And uh, the u s. Congress fell for it and gave them that immunity. And they lied. They said that 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 they that anyone harmed, any child harmed, they would have a quick way of um, um, compensating them financially through this government fund. And they won't have to go through the expenditure of courts and all of that. Well, that was really. Bait and switch because they control the entire thing and and they set about they put a list of allowable uh, causes for compensation and those and that list was totally inadequate it was completely it was out of date by the time it was written because different <laughs> vaccines had different uh, so adverse events sense. but yeah. so they they essentially exonerated them from everything that was actually happening and what we have seen is that over the years it's more and more also very few doctors even knew about the fact that there was such a compensation program and certainly the parents didn't know
0: no and and so
1: it was a fraud essentially it was a fraud and but you see the beauty for the industry is that if you get your vaccine on that childhood schedule you're immune you can't be touched even for negligence even for you know all sorts of things that in normal uh normal products on the market you can't have immunity if your car is defective you're responsible not vaccine
0: no it's the
1: this explains in part why the vaccine industry is so powerful and so wealthy. It is a golden cash cow with no nothing, no problems. And these vaccines we see, these injections, nobody has even checked to see the the production areas. No. You know, the filth in which this is done, the the It is incredible. And this has been unleashed on billions of people. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, Already. Um, I think one of the things that is um, sort of unique is that they have targeted Western countries first. They've sort of let Africa, South America, you know, the Far East sort of, they haven't pushed as hard. There's a reason for that. If you think really only financially, then you get the drift. They can extract as much money from Western governments as they want. They call the shots so they get the most money per injection right all the millions of doses that are being bought and then not even used so the the cash just keeps flowing and secondly and this is more diabolical they want to eliminate those who are educated those who might cause them problems, resistance. Interesting. It's usually, it's, you know, in the third world is usually where they test everything. Yeah. And yeah. You know, no, this time it's we. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm... Because
1: they want to bring down Western civilization that that's in their way, you know? And so the, the, first thing that they've done, which is that's because people didn't understand that a democracy doesn't work if the people living under the democracy aren't paying attention and participating. And once we gave up, you know, relinquished our activism and allowed the bureaucracy of government to take control, that was the The easy way to then take over the whole shop.
0: It's interesting. I hadn't looked at it like that before. That by destabilizing the Mm -hmm. quote unquote West, then there's less resistance and it's a lot easier to, relatively speaking, it's a lot easier to roll over one of those poorer nations than it would be to roll over. They'll come
1: after coalition. they they will they're not going to be left alone. That's for sure. But they're not worried about that. They want to get rid of the really the industrialized West countries because they want control over them. And with that, they can then control the rest. It's uh, when you when you listen to them, it's it's there. It's really there why transhumanism again they're testing it out you know they're testing it out in the united states they're testing it out in sweden computer brains people should see that it's a swedish documentary
0: computer brains i've not come across that one yeah definitely when you see
1: that you you just i mean yeah and this has been going on since world war ii The fact of the matter is, and I said this at Nuremberg at the commemoration of the 75th anniversary, Germany lost World War II. The Nazis didn't. The Nazis, top scientists and engineers and doctors, were smuggled into the United States, more than 1,600. Nazi partners, the enablers of Hitler.
0: The Operation Paperclip.
1: Correct. And they educated, trained a generation of American scientists, engineers, yeah, doctors doctor. in the way the Nazis conducted their studies, their trials, their experiments, and the mindset. That Nazi eugenic mindset of you know lesser people are have no value.
0: Undimensional.
1: Do anything you want to them, yeah. and that's they poisoned the well. Uh, yeah, and you know, and and continued to develop this technology to a far greater extent, and. Some of the same companies that helped Hitler come to power are still in charge. IBM. IBM. Yes,
0: they're one of the main uh, people. Oh uh, wow! Well, they developed the punch card system that was used in Nazi Germany to identify and um, to identify the Jews that they wanted to take to the camps and to ensure the system that was being used at. at and the, camps. the
1: tattoo. The tattoo. That in auschwitz that they had those are ibm numbers
0: yeah and now ibm uh helping behind the digital id as well
1: absolutely exactly same thing it was this sort of scare people they yes without ibm there would not have been six million maybe there would have been two million the efficiency IBM also scheduled the trains. No time lost. Efficiency is one of the big things, you know, in industrial, uh, modern industry and technology. So what people don't absorb really is that these, these, uh globalists they truly regard most of humanity as widgets as as things not as people they they see themselves as a superior race and that's exactly the nazi mentality superior
0: they have a god complex it's uh Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, Ted Turner, they are members of the Good Club, and the Good Club's main goal was to curb population. That's just a euphemism. it's a
1: family thing. These are families also. These these oligarchs are mainly families, like the Rockefellers, the Gateses, the Bushes. I mean, these are, yeah, this is going generation after generation after generation. Uh, They wanted, they talked about, population control you know when you said malthus in the beginning yeah it's a, it's a 19th century thing i
0: mean and um who the lady behind planned parenthood i forget her name
1: margaret sanger
0: that's the one yeah massive eugenicist also funnily enough with um uh, was it not um bill gates's parents that helped yes. in setting up planned parenthood if uh, i'm not mistaken of
1: course yes Father, his mother, his grandfather—they were all Eugenists, and yes, they helped thee. And uh, so was uh, the, the Bushes were also part of uh, Planned Parenthood. Um, yeah, this is again. You see, it's called Planned Parenthood, but what it actually, what it was actually set up was to reduce the population and sp- to prevent to prevent births, not to uh, plan. It, it, it's a euphemism. Yeah,
0: and and
1: and they have been marketing. Look, they have been—they were caught trading in in um, fetus body parts and all kinds. Yeah, yeah. Again, so that the abortion clinics wound up a source of profit.
0: It's all swings and roundabouts, and somehow it all comes back to their money and control, yeah, as... those are
1: the two this is these they never have enough, it's insatiable with them, I mean really, I, one needs to look at them as you know monsters that are totally devoid of the natural way, the way we could say the way God made us in his image. In other words, everything that's special about human beings, they deny that it exists. There's no soul. There's no God. There's no nothing except what can be quantified, digitized, and, you know, that, that it's concrete. Only technology matters. There's, and the they've totally eliminated really all the humanities and all that, that goes all by the wayside. Uh, hmm. It is a horrible, horrible, you know, we're on a precipice and either people will, you know, come together and be a force against the continuity, you, you know, the continuity of this will only lead to total destruction and there will be no rescuers. People, those of us who survived the Holocaust, everyone, we were rescued in one way or another. There will be no rescuers this time. It's right now, before it's too late, is when it behooves people to say, Mm -hmm. enough, get off the couch, get off the you know, uh, being just a passive member. You can't be passive. This is a time that There will be no going back. You see, once, I mean, they are teaching children not to listen to their parents. They were telling children, they were bribing them to have the injections. Come get vaccinated. You don't have to tell your parents. parents. And parents were being bribed as well.
0: I had a friend of mine who had to keep his daughter home from school to prevent anything from happening to her.
1: There you go. That's, that's yeah.
0: Refused to send her in just in case because yeah. they were planning the shots on the yeah, particular sure. day, and he said, uh, even though she knows she's not supposed to, they're very coercive and they convince kids not to say anything. Can you um,
1: imagine? The Nazis did that, and so did the Soviets under communism too. Children were taught to snitch if they heard their parents say anything that wasn't supposed to that's the kind of society they're
0: trying to produce
1: training yeah.
0: yeah yeah i mean now kids in the netherlands are being taught to have insects for their protein and for that's, their meat.
1: that's all over now that's interesting i didn't know that it was also in the netherlands because this this as i say they want to break down all moral standards all they it's a satanic We're getting toward that satanic core, which I certainly didn't believe in, you know, until now. But these aren't normal people. No. These aren't normal people, and they want to make us abnormal as well.
0: They want us to serve in yeah, serve. But totally,
1: totally without any feelings. No emotions, no feelings, no empathy. They don't have any empathy for human beings at all. Most people can't get that. They can't believe it.
0: No, they can't fathom that that's possible, that people can do that when we're supposed to be good-natured and do things for each other.
1: And most people are, you know, really good. But being obedient, good citizens is a trap right now it's a diabolical trap to end freedom forever
0: I I know we're getting on for time uh, and I know you've got other things to do but as you've mentioned there is a plan for this as you've already mentioned as well agenda 2030 uh, earlier on while we were talking and then as we've just mentioned, the whole eating insects, Russia, Ukraine. And I know this is off topic for what we've gone on about thus far, but do you think that there's any chance, uh, from my perspective, I think so, but do you think that this whole idea of the green agenda and green ideology is helping to push this boat out further to take away more from us if we don't have the energies in order to be a productive society.
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, uh, they're not stopping themselves from uh, going about their private jets all over. That doesn't pollute anything, right? It's our breathing that's polluting the the universe. It's nonsense. And that's Again, the next
0: step, right? Our breathing, because they've already got masks for cows. It's been done in Germany where they have these absurd apparatus oh my attached to a cow to catch really? its gases.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you um, see, but their engines are perfume. <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> of course. No you wonder see, this guy looks so good. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's just it. As long as they remove themselves from the rules that the rest of us, and we saw that with the masks as well. Each one of them was caught in their own parties, private parties, no masks, no social distancing, no, na- they were laughing
0: at us. Downing Street was having a party every single Friday,
1: every Friday,
0: and you Boris that- was still in charge after it was found out.
1: So there you go. It, the hypocrisy is all there. How stupid! And that, I have to say, how stupid do people really? When do you trust your own judgment? Make your own mistakes. You learn from them. But if they make mistakes, they never learn because they're never they, they never suffer the consequences.
0: They're never all. accountable. Not once. Even nope. the whole. Maxwell. Who else was held accountable? No one.
1: No but you know, yeah. <laughs> and she but they're not giving the little black books.
0: Nope. Nope. Because
1: Just... those are the ones who really are the <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, Bill Clinton was on the or Express uh, over two dozen times, but mm, no accountability there. Prince um Andrew photographed, known associate no accountability as soon as they get in other
1: words yeah look that goes back to animal form some animals are more equal than others right
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh those fantastic pigs walking on their hind legs yeah yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, right exactly and uh yeah
0: Yeah. all
1: right i think we covered a lot i think so
0: I i really appreciate your time thank you so much um Have you any parting words for the listeners before you shoot?
1: Just trust your own judgment. Your children need you to be in charge of their growing up years, not someone remote. Teachers are not instead of parents. You may not be perfect, but neither are they, but you love them. There's no... There's no exchange for love.